Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Tension is the firepower that causes us to hit the target. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Podcast. I want to share with you uh, something about bows and arrows today that I think that uh, the scripture speaks to and there's lessons to be learned. Uh, I would encourage you to sit down and read Psalm 127. It's a short psalm, five verses uh, that could be very educational to us. Uh, the verse there that talks about the arrow says that we are to be arrows in the hands of a warrior. You know, when you study arrows in the scripture, there's really not a lot of references to arrows. Actually, there's a lot more references to bows. You know, if you run your concordance, and I'd, I'd encourage you to do that. It's a great study. Uh, but the truth is that when you think of a bow, you think of an arrow. When I say bow and, everybody says arrow, right? So a bow and an arrow are one in the same thing, all right? They are two pieces that make up one instrument. And so often when the scripture is referring to the arrow, it just simply mentions the bow because when you have a bow, uh, it's just a wall ornament unless you have uh, an arrow to go with it. So I want to share just a couple elements, a picture of that, like why does God use that picture? Uh, and it's interesting that you know, even though that the, the bow and arrow is an is a instrument from antiquity, uh, it is still very relevant today. It is still a lethal weapon. It is still a weapon that is very, very hard to defend against. It still has a lot of stealth. And it, it's something that can be, you know, very crude and, and carved out, or it's something that can be very elaborate. So uh, it, it's a very viable weapon. And the Bible talks about us being arrows in the hand of a warrior. So I think that's something that we ought to take uh, very seriously. So let's talk about uh, just a couple of characteristics of an arrow, okay? What are some of the things uh, that constitute or make up an arrow? Well, number one, think about this, maybe not in order, but certainly elements, is an arrow has to be sharp. Okay. An arrow has to be sharp. What does it take to be sharp? It takes something being applied to that point that is harder than the point. It takes a file. It takes a rock. It takes something that is rubbing against that in a designed order to keep that arrow sharp, to keep that point sharp. You know, I was thinking about this earlier this morning. Uh, I think in our culture, and I would guess in just about every culture, not just in ministry and in church life, but we honor people who have gone through hard times and have been made sharper. It's kind of like an innate thing, whether it's a minister, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a public personality, whether it's the guy next door. We talk about that person, that there was this hard thing that came into their life, but it didn't crush them it made them sharper. And I, I think there's a life lesson there. And uh, I think it could be said that people that don't encounter hard things sometimes really don't get as sharp as maybe they could. What do soldiers get trained in? 
They get trained in hardship. They, they are being sharpened. And I think it's important that when we're running into hard things, that we understand that God is sharpening us. Uh, but I think another notch we need to go into that, and because when I'm talking about hard things, I'm not just talking about the circumstances of life. I'm talking about ponying up. I'm talking about anteing up. I'm talking about saying, yeah, I'm up for that. That's a hard thing, but I'm going to go after it, whether it's something God speaks to your life, about your heart, your lifestyle, whatever it is. Say, that's a hard thing, but, but I'm going to do it. You know, a task or a calling, a mission, an opportunity, an act of service. That's a hard thing, but you know what? I, I'm going to do it. Uh, certainly relational dynamics fit into this, right? Uh, I think a lot of times people avoid opportunities because there's a, there's a hard person involved, whatever it may be. So I, I think if we're going to be sharp, certainly we should be able to handle the rocks that get thrown at us, that if we handle them right, if we hit them at the right angle, they're going to sharpen us. But I think even more so, is the intentional sharpening and understanding when God is calling us to things that seem hard. And God, and listen, get over some of your mystical grace stuff, will you please? God does call you to hard things, all right? And, and if people are telling you he doesn't, I don't know who they're serving or what they're reading, okay? So let's just get over that point. God does call you to hard things. As a matter of fact, I would say that God calls you to things that are always above your ability uh, because then we, that way you're dependent on him. You need him. You need his spirit. So an arrow must be sharp, okay, number one. Number two, an arrow must be straight, okay? So that means that there has to be a standard, there has to be a measurement, uh, there has to be a moral code, there has to be an ethical code, so that we're just not sharpening a point and then we're pulling back and this thing is, you know, it looks like a batted pass, you know, that's going to get intercepted. It's a it's a lame duck because it doesn't have a spin on it, okay? And, and I think that's what happens to some people. You know, they get tra they get trajectory, they're released, but that pass gets batted, their life gets batted. They don't have uh, a tight spin. They don't have a standard. So they have giftings, but they don't have anything to mount those giftings on that is straight and true. You know, I guess what we just call character or character development. So an arrow's got to be sharp and, it, it, and it's got to be straight. And by the way, the way you keep Anything that is sharp, sharp is you keep it clean, right? If you guys have ever run, or gals for that matter, have ever run a chainsaw, right? When you go through that log, you don't want to hit that dirt. You hit that dirt, you got to stop. You got to clean it off. You know, when I'm cutting logs, when I take a rag out or a brush and I I clean the mud off the top of the bark, you know, because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dull that blade uh, right up. Dirt uh, takes our edge away. Sin takes our edge away. A, a, a lack of a clear conscience takes your takes your edge away. So that arrow's got to be clean and it's got to be straight and sharp. Uh, number three is it has to be aimed, okay? Think about this. An arrow has no will, okay? An arrow has no firepower of its own ability, you could set an arrow down and it will it will never launch itself. It, it must be aimed. It must be directed. It must be part of something that's bigger than itself. We need to be aimed as people. 
And, and I will say firsthand, there is no substitute for the aiming of the Holy Spirit. I understand that, Romans 8, 14. We're sons of God, and if we're sons, then we're led by his Spirit. But uh, we're also part of teams, and we should be aimed. There should be direction. We just don't randomly shoot arrows. As a matter of fact, if you're ever around me, you look at my, my right hand, my pinky finger, uh, hangs a little bit of an angle. When I was eight years old, I got shot in that finger with a razor tip arrow and almost lost my finger. Uh, uh, somebody was randomly shooting an arrow and it, it hit my, it hit my hand and severed my finger and had to be stitched back on. And it's still a pretty gruesome little scar there that hangs by, by my hand. So I know what it feels like to be hit with an errant arrow. And I think a lot of times people, uh, even in ministry and life, you know, we're sharp, we're straight, but we're just, we're aimless. We're not being able to focus on a target. Uh, we don't have anybody helping to direct us in the way we should go. Uh, so that's, that's important. That's what arrows do. You know, if you're discipling people, these elements are critical. If you're being discipled, these elements are critical. And then what does the bow do? The bow launches the arrow. How does it do that? Listen to me. It does that by applying pressure. Everybody is under some pressure. You know, when I hear people talking about, you know, I got all this going on and I got the pressure of this and the pressure of that. No, we choose our pressure. You know, we choose our pressure in keeping up with the Joneses or materialism or popularity, or we choose the pressure of pleasing God and being involved in church and, and ministering to the saints and doing outreach. I mean, everybody's bow is bent. Let me put it that way. So here becomes the question, whose hand is on your bow? Is the world's hand on your bow? Is, is the boss's hand on your bow? Is your mother-in-law's hand on your bow? Who is bending your bow? Who has their hand in a place in your life where they're invited to be there and they can invite and they can provide the very pressure to launch you. They can bend that bow. They can cause some intentional tension. How about that for a phrase? Intentional tension. And here's what I believe with all my heart. If we don't invite intentional tension, we'll get unintentional tension because our bow is going to get bent by something. Uh, and maybe it won't be bent far enough. And you know what? If you stick that arrow in the slot there and you you notch it up to the rope, to the string, and you don't have any tension and you let go, you know what that arrow does? It just falls straight down. It goes nowhere. It's sharp. It's straight. There's a bow, but there's no tension. There's no aim. There's nowhere for it to go. So that tension is the very firepower that causes us to be able to fly straight, to be able to, to hit the mark, to go to the target. So we are arrows in the hand of a warrior. Ultimately, that's God, but, but it's also other people in our life. Whose hand is on your bow? Who do you allow to put tension? You know, I've had situations in life where there are people that wanted to have their hand on my bow. They wanted to bring me attention that was ungodly or or was religious maybe, but not what God had called me to do. And, and uh, you know, you can take people's input. You can smile and say, thank you. Uh, but you can't let everybody put their hand on your bow and start bending your life around, okay? And then there's times, you know, where I know where I've got to be and I know I got to get somebody that can help me get enough pressure on this bow. 
Because, you know, one of the one of the things I've ever watched an archer, when they pull, I actually watched some videos when I was preparing for this, you, you pull back that bow and keeping that arrow straight, because you can, you know, a strong guy can just pull that thing back, but then you got to keep the arrow straight and keep it aimed straight so you're not shooting into the dirt or shooting into the clouds. But whose hand is on your bow, I think is a great question. Is there somebody's hand or something's hand on your bow that needs to be taken off of? Is there somebody's hand or an influence that needs to be on your bow? Is there a bow around you that needs your hand <laughs> that you're looking and saying, boy, that person could be a sharp, that person could be a sharp arrow, but you know what they need? They need your attention. They need your hand. Uh, some good thoughts to think about. Amen. God used a great illustration when he talked about uh, the bow and the arrow. I want to be an arrow in the hand of a warrior. How about you? Amen. Uh, hey, this is Keith Tusey. Uh, for leadership and contacts. Uh, post this, share it, like it, all those things you internet people do. Uh, but get this message out to somebody. I think it would be encouraging to them. God bless you. Today, Keith began a discussion on whose hand is on your bow. An arrow must be sharp. An arrow must be straight. And an arrow must be aimed. We are arrows in the hands of a warrior. Whose hand is on your bow? Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.